Good morning for the CJRU Morning Mixtape. I am Donovan LaCroxy and debuting on the show, I've got writer, director, Jonathan Rowan. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing good. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. All right. All right. And of course, you love the show. You checked out some episodes, right? Yes. Definitely. Okay, okay, okay. So why don't you tell listeners about yourself? You're a writer, you're a director. Are you giving us some rich stories that our listeners would be glued to your movies? Of course. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm, my name is Jonathan Rowan. I'm a, di- a director, writer, producer here in Los Angeles, California. Um, I've been involved with film for a little bit over uh, 14 years now. Um, and I just love storytelling is the reason why I do it. I'm a visual storyteller that makes stories from the lens and the vantage point of diverse filmmakers. Okay. And what does that mean to you in case our listeners say, what does that mean? A div- a diverse filmmaking are just, I spotlight um, narratives and voices from underrepresented groups, whether they be um, POC, BIPOC, or LGBTQ+. Okay. Do you think the LGBTQ plus stories, do you think there's a lot of them being told today in the mainstream media? What's your take to that? Um, I think there's been progression of LGBTQ stories um, told in the mainstream media. However, um, in terms of specific um, diversity in those stories, I would like to see more POC stories being told from those vantage points, from those communities, because I feel like POC people deal with being LGBTQ being LGBTQ a little bit differently than, say, someone from um, being white. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what does POC mean? People of color. People of color, sorry. (laughs) To the the, listeners, not me. Yeah, that's the the umbrella, the umbrella term. See, when I speak, I speak about umbrella terms so everyone can fit under that same umbrella so it's not um, alienating anyone. All right, all right, all right. So it's not just you're only focusing on Black stories, although most of your stories can resonate, of course, you being a person of color to the Black community, right? Yes, of course. Okay, 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 okay. And what do you call it? Why don't you tell us some of those stories that you've worked on? Yes, um, I've worked on quite a few films at this point in my career. Um, I have a film called Man Down, um, Breathe. Um, Beauty Mark, Chocolate Milk, um, Invisible, um, Slasher, which is a feature, horror feature, uh, Kill Us If You Can, and the list goes on. So, I mean, I can't remember them all right now. All right. What's Chocolate Milk about? (laughs) Chocolate Milk um, deals with a young African-American male who's dealing with um, life on a college campus and and seeing how um, social groups are different on campus and, and, you know, how racism can also play a part in Um, our experiences in these spaces and trying to see the world through a lens that's not only black or white. Mm -hmm. And how do you find that when you wrote that story? Do you find the lenses changing with race in regards today? Because we can go on for this for hours and hours and hours. You know, it's funny, like race to me is always going to be something that's important um, no matter what year, because that's the only thing that doesn't really change is how people um, spew hate, how people discriminate and different things like that. And it's continuously continuously taught, passed down um, to other children and, and through generations, because if it wasn't, it would stop. You know, hate is taught. 
So, you know, even though I made that film in 2016, it's still relevant today with, you know, identity, um, people seeing who they are or noticing who other people are and seeing outside of their own comfort zones. And I feel like um, that's something important going into a film like that. And even though that's not my personal story, I was able to um, be in school with um, a young man who was going through um, a similar experience to that story. So that's where that came from. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Did you ever tell stories of maybe George Floyd back in the pandemic or no? Well, there have a, that's a great segue to my film, Man Down. Uh, Man Down deals with an officer of color who's dealing with the shooting of an unarmed teenager. Um, and he must make the tough choice whether to stand on the side of the law or to stand with the Black community. So that story has more of a Trayvon Martin-esque storyline in that. And that um, it came out during the time of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and has been very impactful because of that something that we've been dealing with for years. You know, it's not something that just happened. I think America has a cycle of it, it happening. We riot. We're upset. And it really doesn't get justification or justice. And then we go back to normal day to day activity until it happens again. So that story is de definitely something that when I made that was looking at the past of an event that bothered me, which was the shooting death of Trayvon Martin. But when it came out, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor was fresh in people's minds. So it resonated still um, mm. to today. Now, the teenager that was shot and killed by the 84-year-old man in Ohio, what's your take to that? Um, I, I think that if the teenager wasn't Black and he may have been white, I don't think he would have got shot like that. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do you think a movie could be done on this too, on a different lens or a different angle? Or is there much, not much difference we can talk about? I feel like there's plenty of movies that deal with, you know, race and wrongdoings that's been done in our society, in our community. But I feel like a, per a person that comes from a privilege to change things is really what these movies are geared towards, right? Because if you don't have privilege, you have a limited capacity of how you can impact real change happening in our world and our society. Um, so I think movies are necessary to shed light, to educate for people who are unfamiliar or who choose to turn a blind eye. However, me personally, I want to see more diversity um, in the storytelling when it does come to like, be, you know, black filmmaking. Like, I don't want mainstream movies to just be about trauma. But there might be a listener that clap back and say, all I'm seeing in my community is trauma. What do you say to that? It depends on what community you're from and what do you want out of media, mm -hmm. you know? But trauma, let's, yeah, you know. Let's say I am a person of color and I say all I'm seeing is traumatic stories of my community. Sorry to interrupt you there. Well, then, you know, I would want the narrative to change. I think most Black people or people from that community don't want to see trauma. You know, that's an issue. Even Marseille Martin, who's, you know, one of the youngest young producers out there, refuses to make trauma-type films, you know, coming off of Blackish. So I, I don't think that people from the community pertainly want to see trauma but however certain historical movies such as something like Emmett Till or whatever from the past are necessary to teach others but I think um being black is is way beyond trauma of our past mm -hmm, mm -hmm. do you think we've gotten better at absorbing and processing our trauma as a community that you can write about positives of our community you know that's a very very interesting question you pose 
Um, I think it's a catch-22. I feel like why people want to move on and improve and their self-help, there's just a stigma still in our community, being in the Black community, of just even going back to slavery during the Willie Lynch letter and just how the process of, of the Negro was broken down mentally and the family was broken and separated, where the mentality of that brokenness still follows us through generations where there's not a togetherness. Um, there's not a solidarity as it should be amongst like how it is with other races. So therefore... We seek more, but a lot of times the mindset is not all the way there being healed enough to, you know, get ourselves together to really progress and, 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 and really grow. And what's that going to take for us to grow, progress and get to that level where we do unite? Um, I think more coming together, not being against each other, even when things happen, you know, a lot of times. We don't side with each other. We're the first ones to tear each other down. Building more of a bond and, and more of a, I guess, a camaraderie of healing amongst each other in our own community is something that, you know, you need to fix the internal things before you fix the external things, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we often can't put two um, issues together. Like if there's an issue with police brutality, white people and, and like white cops and violence against black bodies, um, you can't go back and have a reverse argument about black and black violence because there's two different issues. They're two different things and they come from two different patriarchies. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But there might be listeners that say the black on black violence is pretty high in America. What do you say to that? It is, but where did it stem from? Well, who created it is the question I pose to whoever asked that question. Mm -hmm. Do you really know the structure of America? Do you know if you don't have systematic power it means nothing. Your argument means nothing. Well, I mean, you know, it's a catch-22. Like you say, some listeners might argue and say there are more Black people killing each other than police killing a Black man, right? Well, you have to look up your statistics. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. See, one thing about me that I have not shared is that I'm also from a law and a, a political science background, so I can debate under the table. <laughs> right, right, so right. I'm, I'm all into politics, so and, and, and to stuff like that. So, you know, that's where this experience of being the filmmaker is so unique because, you know, I didn't even want, I didn't even know I was going to be a filmmaker at some point. You know, I was going to go to law school and then film just kind of happened. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. ha it can happen. Well, with you. Okay, you were supposed to go to law school, right? But mm -hmm. do you think you'd make a film about going to law school and fighting for the injustices in our community? Do you think you would take a character? Let's say somebody that looks like McCad Brooks, for example. Yeah, good looking brother. You know, would you write a story about him trying to fight for the law, be a lawyer? I feel like a story like that already existed. Um, what was the one? Michael B. Jordan was just in a film a couple years ago. I know, um, but you could do what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could, but to me, like, the story has to justify why it need to be made. Why is it impactful? Like, I'm not a filmmaker that just makes film just to make it, if that makes sense. It has to be a purpose. Even if someone is trying to hire me or contract me to bring me onto a film, my first question is, what are your whys? Mm -hmm. You know, why does this need to exist? And why and what is the purpose of this and wh why would it do good? Like, why does it need to, you know, be made? Um, mm -hmm. So to me, the story would have to be so impactful that I, as a storyteller, feel moved enough to want to make it, if that makes sense. Well, there could be a lack of diversity in the legal system within our community. There could be okay. a lack of diversity. We could talk about that, couldn't we? Right, right. Well, that's there's a why, right? right. So, okay. 
that all makes right. sense, right? So get the writing. <laughs> <laughs> now, another issue in our community, in our Black community, why don't you talk about the movie Breathe? Because suicide and mental health and sexuality is very taboo in the Black community. What was mm. it like making Breathe? Breathe was very emotional. And it's an interesting story. Um, there was this song that really inspired me by an artist named August Alsina. It's called Song Cry. It's such a heavy song. And he deals with a lot of mental uh, mental and emotional trauma in his life. And you can just feel, you can feel his pain through the lyrics and through the music and the instrumentation um, of the strings. And so that really touched me and brought tears to my eyes where I felt moved to make a narrative that kind of deals with a similar story of mental health. But it wasn't until I attended an organization called Brothers of Consciousness that was on my campus of Loyola Marymount University that dealt with, um, you know, Black brothers coming together um, and building a bond with each other and also doing community work, creating service programs and events and different things like that. So I remember in the meeting, per se, that we were trying to figure out a cause for the semester or something to bring awareness or to do some kind of event around. And so one of the things on the board that we revisited, we were just, it was the word suicide. So someone just asked, like, by a show of hands, and I think it was about 20 of us in the room, um, who has ever had a thought of suicide? And I'll just, you know, raise my hand and I looked around and everybody in the room's hand was up. And I felt very moved that, wow, these same people that smile with me, that laugh with me, are having the same experiences of, of, of thought processes, of even thinking about suicide. There's something gravely going on in their life where they have considered that. So I felt... As a filmmaker, it was important for me to tackle certain things that are true to life. You know, art imitates life, imitating art, imitating life. So I was moved by that even more beyond the song. So I felt a, a calling to tell this story, to touch uh, my fellow brothers and really give them a glimpse of hope to survive and hang on. Does Breathe have a happy ending, though, or no? Well, you got to find out. I'm I know, but spoil it. <laughs> but can't you spoil it? Because in case there are listeners, okay, well, remember we're in Canada, right? Uh, okay. <laughs> so, um, breathe does. You know, okay. it is a hopeful ending, and that's something people watch. They tell me they're so glad it didn't end on a trauma note. It it, it kind of uplifted. You know, it's it's a ray of hope, a ray of light shining on the character to not give up. So it was important that I ended that particular movie that way okay all right so is there any stories in the future that you want to tackle that you have not touched yet that you think our community needs to know or anybody who's not a person of color needs to know oh yeah there's always more stories i think one of the stories that i do want to make i want to make some kind of narrative whether it's a feature or episodic thing dealing with Black men and how we process as being, being Black in America from all walks of life and just have kind of an ensemble cast and are weaving out each other's storylines, really showing, you know, diversity in being a Black male and also the things that we deal with in our life and how we live day to day and how a lot of times, you know, Black boys, we're not allowed to be emotional, we're not allowed to cry. And the stigma of toxic masculinity or fragile masculinity is also um, something that I definitely want to touch on in that narrative as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What's what do you say to toxic masculinity? What if you know there's a listeners that say, "Yo, this is how I am." Well, you know, you got to figure out if it's helping you grow and if it's something positive or negative um, in your life or around the people that you love and care about. And if it's not contributing to positivity or to personal growth in that manner, then it's something that needs to be re-examined, revisited. 
um, is what I say. And anything toxic is not good, right? It's poisonous. All right. But you're going to have in the movie, you're going to have maybe a toxic masculine brother. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to have another brother. And then guess what? The brother falls in love with the toxic man. And then after <laughs> that, the toxic man realizes he's in love with that brother. And then it's a happy ending when they're both in love. What about that? <laughs> well, you got to unlearn toxic because I don't think it, I don't even think that interaction is going to be that simple because if someone's toxic, they're going to fight trying to be changed or trying to, you know, blend the two worlds together. And a lot of times when you deal with masculinity, violence is involved because men don't know how to um, a lot of times emote or, or have emotion. So therefore violence or aggression is, is the opposite of that because that's how they express themselves. So that's definitely something interesting to explore as well. All right. Well, it's just because maybe that man, you know, where he's grown up in a culture, maybe he was heavily indoctrinated with the church. So maybe that, you know, gives a way off his toxic masculinity. You know what I'm saying, brother? Yeah. So maybe that's the reason why. And his friends. And then he realizes, oh, my God, I'm in love with this guy, but I'm fighting my internal demons, you know? Mm hmm. But I think those oh, yeah. stories already been told. What do you think? Um, I think it depends on the lens and what you're telling the story. I mean, nothing is really new under the sun, right? There's a million stories. I mean, Hollywood loves replicating IPs that are familiar or stories that are familiar because they know there's an audience for it. So long as there's an audience for it, I don't feel I feel like you can tell things in your own lens in your own way, no matter okay. if the overall skeleton of the story has existed before you. Okay, but you know what you, we can tell? What about the first Black woman to invent the washer? What about those stories, the positive? The first Black person to invent peanut butter? Mm -hmm. I think those are very necessary stories in our history, you know? But I would like to see us go even further than that. Let's go back to before, um, you know, Black people existed per se, in America, like where where we come from, where those stories, it's not just slave narratives, right? There's bigger stories of the Moors and different things like that that can be explored that are not in mainstream culture. The closest we're even getting to stuff like that would be like the Woman King or even seeing representation in Black Panther, right? And mm. Black Panther is probably at the highest level of a Black mainstream movie because, you know, a lot of the industry don't think Black films can sell. So, Ooh. you know, mm -hmm. what Black do you want to change that? Yeah, Black Panther did change that. But what do you want to tell other Black filmmakers where they want that Hollywood budget and they want their projects to go to the big screen? Not just the Tyler Perrys. We need more Black filmmakers like yourself crushing the box office. What do you want to tell other upcoming Black film directors, writers, that they want their projects in the box office? I say be unapologetically you at all times. Don't conform to what you think the box that Hollywood is because, you know, if you're making enough noise on your end, Hollywood will come to you. You don't always have to come to it. So I would just say be unapologetically you, real, raw, and authentic in your storytelling, no matter what level that is, whether you're a writer, director, producer, actor, what have you. Um, make sure your voice is heard and make sure whatever you produce is the best it can be, that it will stand out amongst anything and that you'll it'll get in the hands or it'll get the right attention it needs to where it needs to go all right but what if they don't like it who don't like what what if they don't like my story who is they i'm just saying like what if hollywood <laughs> what if hollywood doesn't like it 
Well, that's why Hollywood needs to change because it needs more diverse voices. Of course, Hollywood, if it's run by white men, why would they like your story? It doesn't make sense. And if they don't feel you sell as a demographic, then, you know, they're only going to go with what they feel sells. Hollywood is a business. That's why it's called the movie business. A lot of people forget the business part. When you're in the studio system, it's business. When you're indie, it's more art. So, you know. Well, they like Tyler Perry movies. Tyler Perry has created a lot of his own things. He built himself from up. His studio exists outside of Hollywood in Atlanta. So now he has one of the biggest studio systems in the world and people come to shoot on his lot. So Tyler Perry felt ousted from Hollywood. That's why he created his own things. So that's an example of what we're talking about right now. Someone who had the courage to create their own thing and not wait for Hollywood to give them a chance. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's use another example. What do you call it? TV? Myra Brock Akili. What do you call it? Girlfriends, mm -hmm. The yes. Game, Kelsey yes. Grammer, alongside white people liked it. Mm -hmm. What do you say to that? I feel like why the, the why there's diversity. I mean, it doesn't cover everything. I think I love Girlfriends. I think and The Game. I think those shows are great. You mm -hmm. know, and they've done good and they've had their time. Um, you know, because they're not really. I think there's a there's a uh, what's it called? I want to say reinvention. I don't know what to say like like. A reboot of the game that's currently out on streaming. Yeah, um, Paramount. Yeah, yeah, Paramount has re, you know, re, re, revitalized that brand differently. But you know, um, I just think while those shows exist, we need more. We need more diversity. I find I don't see a lot of black shows in today's times that I personally can get into. Like they used to be in the '90s and early 2000s. There was so much when UPN was around and you know different things like that where I could see more diversity. But now um, I think I gravitate to like shows like what 50 Cent's been doing the power series and things like that. But even that's from a, a vantage point of crime. So, you know, I think there's room for more diversity, more storytelling, and just fighting for those voices to be heard. Another great show is uh, P Valley um, that is set in the South. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I just think there's room, there's plenty of room for plenty of voices and plenty of stories. You know, you just got to find what works for you and find, you know, how you can get those stories heard, whether it's you producing it right now or you can get it sold. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And if you can get it sold, great, right? Right. That's great. It's a win-win. Win-win. Oh, it's when. <laughs> it's when the problem is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they could do it, right? They could yeah. do it. Just, just believe in yourself and just have a little faith. Like that's the greatest thing about 2023 and today, the technology is at your grasp, right? You can go live from your phone. You can broadcast from your phone. You can create your own media, whether it's TikTok, a reel on, on Instagram or what have you. You have the power to create. So it's up to you to do it. There's no excuse why you cannot create your own medium at this day and time. You know, 10, 20 years ago, you didn't have the power to do it yourself. If you needed something broadcast, you had to go to a radio station, you had to go to a TV station, you had to have somebody broadcast something for you. But now you have the power of technology to broadcast things yourself. So there's nothing but to just push record and start creating and see where that takes you. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Did you want to throw out your social media platforms just in case listeners or other filmmakers, directors, or writers want to get in touch with you? I would love to. So you guys can follow me at Superstar Productions. That is S-U-P-A-S-T-A-R Productions with a Z. And I am on all platforms. I am on Facebook. You can find me on YouTube. You can find me on Vimeo. You can find me on Instagram and follow my work. Um, link in bio. 
And you can check out all my work that way. All right. Throw out some of the movies in case I'm a new listener and I want to absorb some rich, rich content from you. Yes. Look out for movies um, titled Man Down, Beauty Mark, Free, Invisible, Heartbeats, Kill Us If You Can. What else? The Knock Knock Man is something new that I just created recently. Yeah. Those are most of my main titles that are out right now. So, yeah. All right. All right. Do you have a message for the listeners? No matter what you're going through, big or small, never give up is what I always stick by. Have stick to have perseverance, and, you know, see the light at the end of the tunnel um, and persevere. And you can do it, right? Yeah. You can do it if you put your mind to it. If you can dream it, it can happen. Mm-hmm. You know, we all have vision. And if you're blessed with vision, see it through and, and see it to fruition. All right. I'm going to be the next Jonathan. (laughs) Donovan and Jonathan. (laughs) I know. I know. Write my own stories, you know? Yeah, Yeah, right. That's all it takes is just to start. And if you're not a writer, find someone who is, you know, build a team. That's what it takes. Like you see a film set, they're a team, they're a family. Everyone does different jobs and it's okay if you can't do everything. You don't need to. But finding your village is what's important, you know, and a lot of times it takes time. So don't be in a rush. All you have is time. As long as there's breath in your lungs, you have time. All right, all right, all right. I'd like to thank you for coming to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I had a good time. <laughs> all right, for CJRU 1280 AM, I'm Donovan LaCroxy. I would like to thank director, producer, and writer. You can throw out your name again. Jonathan Rowan. And I'd also like to thank the listeners for listening to this episode. Thank you again, Jonathan. Thank you so much for having me.